Hey, 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 it's Carrington Burnett, and today we're going to be talking about the Merchant of Venice and talk about the world building in this play, and we're going to talk about Marxist theory and feminist theory today, so let's jump into it. So I'm going to tell you how this podcast is going to work today. So we're going to divide it into two sections, all right? One about Marxist criticism and the other one about feminist criticism and how it affects the world building of the Merchant of Venice. Um, so let's jump into section one about Marxist criticism. So I'm going to give you a basic definition of Marxism, or at least my personal definition. And Marxism really has to do with capitalism or socialism or however the government or how society works in that specific uh, setting or book or play or whatever we're talking about. So we're going to talk about that with the Merchant of Venice. I'm going to use certain characters as examples and certain characters to help prove my point and to help get it across, I guess. So let's start off with, um, let's, why not? Why not let's choose Shylock? So Shylock is very money-centered. He's very money-driven. And that actually helps me a lot in this situation to help explain it. So let's start off with him and his daughter, right? He's rich. He has a lot of money. And money is very important in society. There's very apparent roles as to who is who and who has money and who doesn't and the reasons behind it. And Shylock has money He because he worked for it. He's a merchant, right? And, uh... He has a daughter, and we're going to talk about her real quick. So, I feel like the reason he was really kind of sad his daughter, like, left was not just because he was his daughter. Of course, that saddened him, but partially because of the money, right? And money is very important, and money is what essentially feels, almost fuels the society that they live in. And it makes me a little bit salty about it, but it is what it is. And then we're going to talk about uh, Festonio and why he wanted to marry Portia, right? The reason he wanted to marry Portia is maybe because he thought he was pretty, she was pretty or that she was clever or whatever. But mainly, that might be because of money too. That could have been a very strong motivation because at that point, Bastonia was poor. And he needed money. And marrying into a rich family or marrying somebody that is rich is a very easy way and a very nice way to do it. And I'm wondering, in this society, what are basic needs met without the money? If Bastonia had all his basic needs met, and he wasn't, and he was not, I don't think he was driven by wealth or any way or fashion, really. But if he has all his basic needs met, if everything was crystal clear, perfect for him, he could do whatever he wanted, but he had a base of money and he had all his needs met, would he have gone for Portia or would he have just chilled there? Would he have just been like, it's whatever? Would he, would he have taken that risk or not? And I really do think that he wouldn't have because it's a big risk to never ever be wet again in your life. Or to never ever be able to get married because you've made one choice and you made one thing. I don't think you would have taken it. Um, any logical person probably wouldn't have taken it. So um, that's how I feel about this. And that's how I feel about the world building of it. It just really like shows you like how like each like how the society works in that. And how like if you're poor you're going to have to do more extreme things to get what you need to do. And to get where you need to go because frankly in this world or in this play the rich have the advantage and yeah so we're going to move on to our next section and our next section is on feminism and how this affects 
the, the Merchant of Venice. So let's get started. So we're going to be talking about feminist theory and world building. We're going to use a few characters as examples, but I'm just going to give you a really basic de- definition, at least for me. So we're going to talk about um, how women are treated in this book and if they're treated positively or negatively and how it affects them and how it affects the world, the world building of this book. So we're going to start with one of my favorite characters, Portia, um, or Porta. Uh. So we're going to start with her. And it's very apparent how she's treated. If she was a man, she would not have to marry at all, frankly. But she would not have to marry who she didn't want. Well, she was was okay with marrying Bastania, but it was not her choice. It was not her decision, right? And I feel like that shows that women in this book society, or this place society, are underclassed from men. It's very apparent. You can see how, like, women cannot be in the court of law will like judge or facilitate in the court of law they have to dress up as men in order to do that right so it's very like very apparent in this play that women are treated as less than or second class to men in this entire book you can thoroughly see that and you can see that in how like the women act and things like that like them cross-dressing just to be able to help their husbands So, it's time to wrap this podcast up, sadly. But I had an amazing time filming this podcast. This is my first podcast, by the way, if y'all didn't know. Um, And I really enjoyed it. So, y'all have an amazing day and bye-bye-bye.